Hello and welcome to the new episode of Prime Podcast. I'm Bhavna Acharya, co-founder of PrimeInvestor.in and I have with me a special co-host, Aarti Krishnan. Hi, Aarti. Aarti brings with her a wealth of experience gathered over 30 years of tracking markets and investments. So I'm sure her experience is going to come really handy for the topic we are going to discuss today, which is that markets are at a new high now and what should you do with your equity investments? So... You know, the Nifty is hitting, going past 19,000, Sensex is going past 65,000, mid and small caps are scaling new peaks. So is this frenzy the sign that, you know, you should take money off the table, you should book profits, or should you wait and invest later, or should you just invest now, right? So we are going to tackle all of this in the second segment of this podcast. But first, let's just discuss some big news events for the past Fortnite. Reliance Industries has had two announcements in the past few days. The first is Reliance Retail, which is mostly held by its promoters through Reliance Retail Ventures anyway, is reducing its share capital to the extent held by non-promoter shareholders. The second bigger one is that RIL is demerging its financial services arm, Reliance Strategic Investments, and renaming it to Geo Financial Services. So RIL shareholders are going to receive shares in, you know, Geo Financial Services. So until the record date of July 20th, each RIL shareholder will get one share in this new uh, Geo Financial. The stock of RIL has actually rallied nearly some 6% since uh, the past week in the wake of this announcement. So Aarti, any comments on the value unlocking that markets think right. is happening? Right. So I think is right. So demergers have always been quite value creating. If you see compared to mergers, which have a terrible track record in value creation, usually demergers where companies hive off some divisions and list them separately, give shares to shareholders, they do work well. But demergers work in situations where one mature or uh, cash-rich business is sort of um, also uh, bundled together with one relatively nascent business or a promising high-growth business. And therefore, the latter business doesn't enjoy the valuation that it should. So uh, when you hive it off, it tends to get that value unlocking and gives that benefit to shareholders also. Reliance group mergers in particular have been quite, demergers have been quite value creating. So when there was that uh, split up between brothers, if you remember, yes. Anil and Mukesh, But right? if for one group, the value would have been yeah. not fear. <laughs> no, but initially when the shareholders received all the shares, there was enormous valuation. And then, they, of course, a few fizzled out <laughs> in that group. So, but this time I feel this excitement about Geo Financial is a little premature in my view, because if you look at Geo Financial, it doesn't have any existing products in the financial services industry. I know the market seems to be uh, whipping up a scare saying that if Reliance enters financial services, what will happen to Bajaj, what will happen to insurers, etc. But it's too early to really get into that mode because the only uh, uh, current figure that we have about this geo financial is that it has a net worth of 28,000 crores. It, it has got a 6% stake in Reliance Industries from the treasury uh, holdings. And uh, hereafter, he has to, it has to figure out what it needs to do. So uh, the speculation is that it may get into NBFC lending, uh, especially consumer lending like Bajaj does. It has a ready-made captive consumer base in Reliance, Geo customers and retail customers. So it could cross-sell to them, etc. That is one thing. 
அண்ட் அதர் திங் இஸ் வெதர் இட் குட் என்டர் நியூ ஏரியாஸ் லைக் இன்சூரன்ஸ் எக்ஸெட்ரா பட் இட்ஸ் ஆல் அப் இன் ஏர் ஸோ இட்ஸ் அ பிட் டூ ஏர்லி டு கெட் எக்ஸைட்டட் அபவுட் இட் பட் அஃப்கோர்ஸ் நோ மார்க்கெட் மூவ் எஸ்பெஷலி பாஸ்ட் லைஃப் ஹை இஸ் கம்ப்ளீட் விதவுட் ரிலையன்ஸ் பார்ட்டிசிபேட்டிங் ஸோ யூ நீட் அ நெரேட்டிவ் டு பேசிக்கலி ட்ரைவ் இட் அண்ட் ஆல் The next big news is in the auto sector and came from premium launches in the first week of July from Hero Motor Corp, Bajaj Auto and Maruti Suzuki. So Hero Motor Corp launched its first premium bike that it developed in its partnership with Harley-Davidson, the Harley-Davidson X440. This created a lot of buzz since it pits it directly against Royal Enfield that is the favorite for bike aficionados here. and if it's successful it can be a game changer for hero in its uh, premium segment which it it has been trying to push for the past few years and uh, which will help it reduce dependence on its entry level segment bajaj auto also had two launches in the same premium segment with its triumph collaboration and uh, these launches actually lifted sentiment in the ailing two wheeler space maruti launches suzuki invicta crossover also again in the premium segment and all these launches come as companies try to tap the premium segment more where demand has significantly uh, picked up the small finance bank space is seeing plenty of interest utkarsh small finance bank had its ipo from july 12th to 14 and sfbs have actually been on fire so far in 2023 with au equitas and ujjivan all making new uh, lifetime highs AU and Equitas have actually become more valuable in market cap than many of the old and uh, regional private banks within 5 years of their journey as SFBs. But, you know, it looks like IPO craze is anyway on because the Idea Forge IPO which deals in defense drone manufacturing that debuted with a 94% gain, uh Sai and DLM debuted with a 52% gain. So, you know, with this uh frenzy is 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 it what should investors make of it and you know you're seeing high over subscription so what's your take on this yeah going by the numbers it looks as if even the utkarsh uh, ipo is going to be oversubscribed especially by retail investors um and it is uh, a little funny that retail subscription to ipos is based on the listing performance of the preceding few ipos though they may be in completely different businesses so i think that may be at play here with this utkarsh sfb because uh, there was a certain scarcity premium associated with both the idea forge and the scient uh, listings and their business whereas the financial space is really overcrowded and you have uh, nearly two dozen listed banks and with a good number of sfbs also already listed so if you've not got allotment because of the oversubscription i would feel that you shouldn't despair because uh, uh, most ipos even the most fancied ones at some time in their career do follow below their ipo price and there's an opportunity to enter them then so i think uh, if you don't get allotment don't worry too much fpi activity has been especially strong of late they turned net buyers in the debt segment after a long gap purchasing a net about 16000 odd crore worth of indian government bonds and corporate bonds in the calendar year through june the last time they were net buyers was way back in 2019 but uh, apart from the debt segment fpis have continued continued their crazy buying in the equity markets they already bought 43000 crore in may 47000 crore in june and within the first half of july they have already bought some 22000 crore net so this crazy buying has propelled some of the market rally but uh 
what what is your take on this fpi activity arti so this sort of weakens that famous decoupling theory that was doing the rounds for months ago isn't it like when everybody was saying that domestic money sip is enough to propel the markets but we saw that when we had only dii buying or mf flows uh, the markets were largely sideways from april when the fpi started returning in big numbers and pouring billions of dollars every month that is when the market has really taken off and this nifty and sensex have ha- been able to make new highs so that is one takeaway from this uh, so as to why fpis have developed the sudden passion for india there are two or three factors i think the first is the tina factor you heard enough about how india is the largest uh, fastest growing market among the large economies china is also messing up its act a bit the recovery is not so good post covid so i think uh, india does stand out for its growth prospects um secondly i think we've managed the post covid unwinding of stimulus etc quite well i mean compared to the western economies which are struggling with uh, uh, after rate hikes and whether to pause whether to unwind the balance sheet uh, rbi was very uh, ruthless in just withdrawing the stimulus uh, uh, just as we were recovering from covid and i think that stimulus effect has already gone out without too much damage to the financial system also banks are in good shape Uh, on the inflation front also in india it seems to be under control as compared to western economies where we are seeing double digit inflation in some places here with the uh, modest uh, kind of rate hikes we have managed to keep it at 4 to 5% levels i think that's largely because we are self sufficient in food actually so and oil has been benign so i think uh, this is making the indian macro look uh, pretty good to fpis now but the third and very important factor which is always in play with fpis is the currency behavior uh, so far this is year actually the rupees held somewhat steady against the us dollar unlike other ems and i think the stability in the currency has given fpis the confidence to short, uh, sort of come back both into equities and bonds but uh, going forward will the rupee be like this i mean little bit of risks are emerging in terms of oil prices going up again last year we bought, bought uh, truckloads of oil from russia at huge discounts whether this will sustain going forward we don't know uh, imports are a bit weak in recent months exports are actually doing badly except for services exports so if services exports are going to slow down very materially then the rupee outlook could turn a little hazier in that case whether the current pace of fpi flows will continue uh, is a bit of a doubt but i do think that because of the tina factor we do uh, have a positive outlook on fpi flows into equities as well as bonds thank you arthi we'll take a short break now and when we come back We'll discuss the markets hitting new highs and what you should be doing now. You want to catch the market at its best and ride the wave of growth. But how do you know when that is? That's where our Nifty VMI comes in. The Nifty VMI is the ultimate market mood indicator that will tell you if it's the right time to invest or not. We have analyzed every single day of the market for the past 20 years to build a model that combines valuation and momentum to tell you if it's a good or bad time to invest given your market horizon. So, stop missing out and start investing right. Visit primeinvestor.in/niftybmi now. So as we were discussing markets are uh, hitting new highs the nifty has breached past the 19000 mark the sensex has passed the 65000 mark 
now every time market start doing this kind of rally investors divide basically into two groups one group gets very cautious they want to know if it's time to book profits uh, if they should delay investments and wait for markets to correct the other group wants to invest or they want to change their portfolio into where the returns are coming from so for both groups what should they do is something that we will try and address in uh, this segment now so we'll start with trying to put the market high itself in uh, perspective if you watch business news actually you find the anchors getting quite excited about every milestone that the sensex and nifty cross uh, so Uh, the first kind of reaction this kind of invokes among uh, some investors is that they get very uncomfortable with these new eyes and um, they feel that my god i've already made so much money i've made 40% i've made 2x from the covid lows so should i start getting out right now this getting out too early is a typical mistake that new equity investors make and uh, let me not um, hide that i've also made it early in my career so if you look at the sensex graph i mean it's lifetime high in february 2000 i mean the dot com bubble as we call it today uh, the high was about 6000 points and again in 2008 january when we had that uh, capex boom and another bubble uh, that was again uh, the high was 21000 um december 2019 the sensex high was 42000 today it's at 65000 so i mean even if you ended up holding all your shares or not doing anything at each of these market highs just see how much more wealth you have created from that peak right mm-hmm. yet we are tempted to actually book profits at each of these lifetime highs that come about in fact i advised a friend to book profits in her equity holdings at 6000 levels in 2004 and she never forgave me for it because i thought sensex has already crossed the previous high where more can it go i was a young analyst then and I simply didn't realize that it could go sky is the limit, right? She's still your friend, Anna. She's still <laughs> a friend, but she never fails to mention this whenever we talk about money. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you're betting on the long-term prospects of the Indian economy, believe it will grow, and think that the earnings of companies are also going to grow, the market will keep making new highs. I mean, that is in the nature of things, right? As things grow, so uh, overreacting to these highs is not really a good thing. for your wealth creation journey because you should not interrupt your compounding unnecessarily now it's very important that you should not focus on absolute market levels if at all you are keen on doing a bit of rebalancing to your portfolio or tactical allocations also you should be looking at the valuations rather than the absolute price or absolute nifty level now if you look at the nifty uh, pe actually it is about 24 times on a trailing basis forward is a bit iffy because you don't know how earnings will grow so forward it's said to be about 20 times so that's not unduly expensive even if you look at our vmi indicator i don't think it's showing that it's very expensive so uh, this is uh, it this is not that kind of a panic uh, high where you should be really worrying about it secondly uh, if you look at your own portfolio i think the pe of the stocks that you own matters more than the index pe also uh today for example if you own a lot of it stocks in your portfolio pharma stocks even fmcg the pe's will be far below the previous highs that you saw so that should give you the comfort to actually hold on through this and not overreact 
if you hold mutual funds in particular you should not actually be booking profits as they call it at market highs because your idea is to hold it on till your goal approaches now the only reason you should be booking profit on your equity funds is if there is an underperformer and you want to replace it or if you feel that you have a financial goal coming up within 2 or 3 years in that period if the market crashes you will lose your wealth so these are the only two reasons to actually book profits on your mutual fund portfolio yes arthi as you were saying it's very important not to get carried away by just absolute figures or uh, where the index is today because if you look at it actually yes the rally was extraordinary if you look at it from the 2020 lows in march from there to now 7600 somewhere it was now the nifty's 19000 so that's almost one in more than 200% return but covid also was a very abnormal period it was a very abnormal time so if you actually look at it from the pre covid high which was just in february 2020 the rally is not that sharp today about absolute 60% which translates somewhere into a 15% cagr so that's reasonable i mean it's not so excessively yeah. outlandish that you would need to book profits or something yeah and all headlines will talk about that low to high movement yeah. but how many of us have actually got in at that low i mean <laughs> it's, it's not easy to invest at that point right it was pretty hard even to hold on to what you had because uh when when the co- when covid just happened in january 2020 etc you didn't even know the nature of that animal and whether good amount of humanity will get wiped out etc so you would not have had the guts to buy more uh, even holding on to your equity must have been pretty difficult and it was i mean you you had doubts like whether you should move to debt or should you buy tons of gold etc at that time but if you just held on you made that huge return that uh, from that base Uh, i think instead of looking at the index levels as i said if if you think of the earnings of the companies you hold i think you will get a much better perspective on the size of this rally and whether it is excessive now if you hold financials like banks etc they have seen a massive improvement in the credit cycle and in their numbers many psu banks have gone from losses to profits in this period oil and gas companies have doubled and tripled their profits in this period these are huge uh, components in the index so uh, you've seen auto companies come with very good numbers so uh, you've seen a turnaround or an increase in earnings which of a, of a multiple in this period therefore so look at nifty earnings also march 2020 during the covid lows nifty earnings was 450 rupees today it is 850 rupees next year we are talking of 930 so earnings itself has more than double so you should not be looking actually at today's uh, uh, sensex or nifty level with respect to the covid low which was an irrational low and sort of over react to that yes so for investors now they will be there will be three main questions that they ask one is should i book profits two is should i wait to invest and the third is where should i invest so the first question of book profit i think we have very adequately uh, explained it but just one emphasis on the rebalancing part that is one of the single best ways in which you can actually see whether you need to book profits or not and that's one of the reasons why we keep insisting that you have an asset allocated portfolio because your asset allocation will be in line with your risk and time frame right so if it deviates significantly if the allocation deviates by more than 5 percentage points say you had uh, 70 30 and become equity to debt and now it becomes 75 25 yeah uh, that's when you know that you have to 
take money off the table and bring it back in line if it is not then it's perfectly uh, fitting your uh, requirements so there's no need for you to really do anything about it yeah now the second question of should i wait to invest it's fine but how long are you going to wait <laughs> like are you going to wait one month are you going to wait three months eight months the markets can continue to rally so exactly. at what point are you going to enter right so it's it's not possible to time the top or the bottom these are known only in hindsight we did not know that markets were going to rally as soon as june 2020 right right so and the other point to remember is this is not going to be the only time you ever invest in markets <laughs> right you're going to invest again so this is not the only opportunity that you have right so invest if you have money now invest let's say the market corrects just invest at that point again and reduce your investment cost if the market direct doesn't correct and it continues to rally at least you haven't missed that opportunity right so what is important is that you get that asset allocation correctly you have a diversified mix of funds across market cap segments across investment styles you do that you've actually are going to take care of all market cycles right which brings us to the third question of where you're going to invest now everyone wants to go where returns are but that is essentially trying to micromanage your portfolio too much like today multi caps are giving 35% your flexi cap is giving you only 25% so then i will get rid of my flexi cap and move to multi cap mm. or you know sbi contra is giving 30% but kotak equity contra is giving only 25% one year so i will exit kotak and go to sbi right so these are the kind of calls that people try and make in their portfolios when they are trying to decide where to invest which is not something you should be doing so right in each market cycle depending on where and which stage the market cycle is in you have different market cap segments or different investing styles that will perform yeah right so as long as your portfolio has a mix of all of these collectively as a portfolio it is going to let you capture any opportunity that comes across market cycles yes. right so your focus should be on building that kind of market cap the, the, that kind of broad portfolio that is in uh, large cap in multi cap in mid cap in small cap in growth style in value style that kind of mix when you have you don't need to then worry about every single market event that happens and then try and shift your portfolio there so yeah. now if you see there is a lot of interest now in small caps yeah. and there is a lot of confusion also now about small caps yeah so we are seeing high inflows into small cap funds but uh, the more you try and do this kind of managing you know the more chances that you will take a wrong call invest at the wrong time in the wrong uh, fund so yeah it's good you brought that up because the latest amfi data if you see it's a bit worrying because of the 8700 crore in inflows that have come into equity funds as much as 5400 crores is into small cap funds and there are pull outs from large cap funds and focus funds i guess because of the thing that you mentioned that their reason maybe their one month and three month performance isn't great so the pro this is a worrying thing i i am a great believer in small cap funds i still run my sips in them and if you actually invest in them during uh, sober or sideways markets bear markets they pay rich dividends and they outperform other categories but uh, if you rush into small cap funds now in order to chase returns because you feel you first of all maybe you've not invested in equity at all and you're suddenly thinking that small cap is the way to catch up now in this rally 
or you're exceeding your prior thought out asset allocation. I mean, you were in safe large caps and mid caps because you thought you were a conservative investor. But suddenly this FOMO has taken hold of you and you're wanting to invest in small cap funds. If you're doing these kind of things, I think it is a it is a quite a risky move at this juncture. This is because unlike large caps, which can uh, absorb a large volume of inflows, in small cap funds, actually inflows themselves lead to further returns. So when fund managers try to buy the limited pool of small cap stocks that they track and like, that itself moves the prices and the prices keep moving up as inflows come in. It becomes a one-way street. It also becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So when the liquidity moves out as it will at some point in time, the crash is uh, that much higher. That is why you see such big drawdowns in small caps funds also. So if you are investing in small cap funds now, it should be a part of a planned allocation strategy and it should not be on account of a sudden change of mind or a, um, a need to chase returns. Yeah, so the small cap thing is actually, there are two, there's multiple news that is causing some confusion also there. So one, like you said, people are going behind it because the returns are 40-50% yeah. at a time when other uh, segments are giving you only 20-25%. And that is on one side. On the other side, you're getting news that fund managers are moderating inflows. Right. They are not allowing inflows and all that. So if, if returns are good, but then managers are not allowing money, what does this whole thing mean? So just to give some clarity on that, fund managers moderate inflows or they reduce, they remove lump sums just so that they have some control over how much money is flowing in and control over where and when they are uh, deploying it. It doesn't mean that they don't have any opportunities at all. And it doesn't mean that, you know, small cap is completely done and you should exit all your small cap funds. No. Right. Uh, if you look at it, the Amphi cutoff for small caps is actually 17,000 crore. That's not very liberal. That's quite uh, liberal. And you have the small cap universe is huge and fund managers are not going to go into that entire 250, 300, how many of stocks there are? They're going to stick only to a smaller mm -hmm. bunch. And they pay attention to quality also. So it's not that they're going into the super risky, super tiny sort of funds that uh, stocks that you need to be then worried about, right? So like uh, Aarti has said, if you already have small caps in your portfolio, that's a good thing. Keep it. Don't go overboard on small caps. That's all we're trying to say. So yeah. don't look at that 50% return and put like 30-40% of your portfolio in it. If you are just starting to invest, again, don't look at that return and then decide that that's where you're going to start making your investments from. Mm -hmm. So always be careful about, uh, like we said, putting it in different market cap segments according to your risk and your time frame. Essentially, what we are trying to see in this whole long discussion that we are having is three main points, right? One, if you are betting on India's growth and you believe in the growth story and that's why you're in equities, know that equities will structurally trend higher. So there is no need for you to start getting worried about taking your money off unless you have a goal coming up or you uh, are completely over-invested only in equities, or your funds are underperforming. Two, don't try and time your investing to the market cycles because you do not know what the peak is and what the trough is. You will mostly wind up missing opportunities. So if you have money to invest, get your time frame correct, 
get your asset allocation that suits you and start investing don't invest only once in invest you know in multiple times across market cycles so that you are able to catch different opportunities and three have a mix of funds across categories and styles and avoid changing your portfolio just to suit the current market movements but um people will still worry about the fact that they are missing opportunities right yeah so the only thing that i mean one good thing that will help is in addition to your portfolio you just have some surplus set aside to invest in opportunities when they come up whether it's equity or in debt like for example you know small caps were a good opportunity say in march in uh, march april may june yeah so you have that surplus you invest in that opportunity that tactical yeah. uh, time without disturbing your main portfolio like last year there were a lot of opportunities in debt so instead of trying to shift around within your debt funds you use that surplus and add to your investments to make a strategic or a tactical call without having to disturb your portfolio right this is the only way you will be able to keep the churn to a minimum and still manage to uh make whatever take advantage of whatever opportunity comes whether it's in equity or in debt so you follow these you listen to the news and then you switch it off huh. right so don't try and get influenced by all this and then try and manage your portfolio based on what you're hearing or what you're reading exactly so thank you for your time thank you for listening to us and we'll see you in the next podcast yes, thank you bye, bye. Prime Investor Financial Research Private Limited with brand name primeinvestor.in is an independent research entity offering research services on personal finance products to customers. We are a SEBI registered research analyst with registration number INH 200008653. The discussions or recommendations, if any, made herein are an expression of views and or opinions and should not be deemed or construed to be advice for the purpose of purchase or sale of any security, nor a solicitation or offering on any investment or trading opportunity. Please make your own investment decisions based on your investment objective and financial position and using such independent advisors as you believe is necessary. Financial products discussed herein are subject to market risks. Read all scheme and security related documents carefully before investing.